You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another edition of the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. My name is Jeremy Betts, hosting, as always, this Sunday evening podcast where we answer your questions about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL, how the Steelers fit into it, all in the big picture of the 2023 season and beyond. History as well, we'll answer it all here on the Steelers Q&A. Tonight I am joined by uh, Mr. State of the Steelers himself, Daniel J. Daniel, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining the show. I'm doing great, man. Just kind of trying to stay cool out here. Like I was talking to you off air. Uh, it's been kind of warm out here in Texas. So I've been yep. staying cool. And, you know, uh, no news is good news, so to speak, when it comes to Steelers stuff. So just kind of enjoying the, the weekend. How about yourself, man? Yeah, man, I'm doing great. It's been a it's been a fun weekend. Um, we've done a lot of work around here. We're still finishing up spring cleaning uh, around this this uh house of mine that is just a a hole for um a bunch of things i don't need anymore (laughs) so we're just trying to get get through some stuff so it's been busy but it's been very rewarding to see that that shed out back go from can't walk through it to actually having some defined spaces for everything it's been very rewarding (laughs) cleaning house a little bit uh like the steelers have done in many an off season and uh you know Hopefully I won't be needing to add a bunch of new pieces to uh, fulfill my goals (laughs) here over the next year, but the Steelers did. And uh, what we're going to do tonight, uh, Daniel, uh, when we don't have specific questions from 
our audience, from our uh, faithful listeners, and I see a lot of you are already here. Uh, thank you for joining us again tonight. We're going to talk about some some Steelers players that are kind of flying under the radar. We're, we're talking a lot about the rookie class heading into year two, most of them. We're talking about um, you know some of the established veterans like TJ Watt having a bounce back season, but we're not talking about some players that could have key roles on this team moving forward before we get into maybe some questions uh, from from the listeners. Uh, listeners, if you have somebody that comes to mind that we're just not talking about as Steelers Nation that we need to be. Uh, Daniel, I wanted to ask you, does anybody come to your mind uh, right off the bat that yeah. kind of fits that description? You know, under the radar guy that not many people are talking about, somebody that I think that's going to be a you know pivotal role, especially early on in the season, is probably Levi Wallace. You know, I, I know Absolutely. a lot of a lot of folks are looking at you know the addition of Corey Trice and Joy Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson, and you know, kind of overseeing what he was able to bring last season. Now I know early on he, he didn't do so great. Uh, he was actually against Buffalo. I thought Josh Allen was picking on him just because yeah. he was no longer there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but he ended up with you know four interceptions on the year. You know, 39 tackles. Um, he only allowed 39 receptions, so he's tied for 53rd for that. So he he ended up with some solid solid numbers. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that um, is works well with like a Minka Fitzpatrick. These are guys that are yeah. cerebral type of defensive backs, and so. Um, I wouldn't count him out yet, and and I think he's going to end up, you know, showing up and having a role, especially early on in the season. And that'll be good for the the rookie, you know, cornerbacks. It'll give them a time to develop and grow into, you know, who they're going to be um, as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely, he was uh, on my short list for sure as a guy, just not speaking a lot to what he's going to provide this team. And so I 100% agree with you that he is going to have a role especially early as the young uh, bucks develop it's it's going to be fun to watch those guys develop and we're going to want to see them on the field especially uh joey porter jr the name recognition and everything there but in the meantime that veteran presence in the secondary patrick peterson and, and yes levi wallace a veteran presence back there he knows what it takes to work your way up to a starting role and to earn the respect of your, your teammates and uh, the respect of your opposition. And I think he played really well down the stretch. He provides the Steelers a lot of versatility and, and a, could be a very good piece on the back end. Uh, Brian Brown brings up another player in the secondary, James Pierre. Nobody's talking about him says Brian Brown. Uh, that is kind of true. I, I, I haven't been sitting here talking a lot about James Pierre. Uh, I think probably because, you know, we, we view him more as a, a special teams player probably and, uh, you know, a, a fill-in guy. But he's a guy that the Steelers have liked and have had high hopes for and hasn't really put it all together as far as a being a projected starter to to go into a season or, you know, to, to really take the place of somebody. But this is a guy that um, Terrell Austin seems to like that has the respect of, of the team. And uh, what do you think? Do you envision any type of bigger role for James Pierre? Is this kind of a guy that might, uh, with a with a uh, maybe not even a bad offseason, but just one that doesn't uh, measure up to like the Corey Trices and the um, the Joey Porters of the world? Is is this guy on the roster bubble, Daniel? Yeah, I think this guy is you know very much so like on the hot seat and being kicked out of the uh, or being off of the fifty three. I think he might be a guy that could find himself on the pack practice squad. 
you know, it's going to, it's all going to determine or depend on how these, you know, young cornerbacks do when it comes to being gunners, um, when it comes to the special teams aspect, you know, James Pierre does bring that to, to his game. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, you know, James Pierre has some of the intangibles, uh, in, it was expected of him that, you know, the Steelers thought that they got a steal in him a couple of years ago. They, they put him in the starting position. He ended up closing out a game that I was at in de- uh, against the Denver Broncos a couple of years back where he got the uh, interception there at the end of the game. And, and then he, he just got kind of picked on and, you know, film came out and the opposition was able to, you know, predict and, you know, you, you violate him basically. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, does he get an opportunity to turn it around? Sure. And he's going to have that ample opportunity in preseason, but it's going to be an uphill climb in my opinion for him. Uh, I'm not sure if yeah. he's going to be a guy that's going to end up making the 53, but I definitely could see him continuing his career on the practice squad. If eligible, I'm not sure if, if he is or not. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as day to day as the NFL is uh, with a, a league where injuries can just happen like that and take out, take out significant players, a guy with his experience could become a valuable, valuable asset very quickly to a team that knows him well and has, uh, like you said, entrusted him with big moments in the past. Um, I think, you know, when, when you're talking about the defense, there's, there's actually a lot of players on that side of the ball that we're not really talking about because the offense is getting a lot of the, uh, under the microscope look because it was the weak link last year. So we've been talking a lot about the steps that these guys can, can take uh, and, and get better. Um, I, I like this, this observation here from Gavin uh, says, no one has talked about Jalen Warren that much. Um, he says, especially not much. I mean, we we've mentioned him as part of that combo with Najee Harris, but I mean, there's, there was um, someone recently who compared Jalen Warren to Austin Eckler and style and the way he plays uh do you uh, what what can you say uh, um daniel about jalen warren uh, what you expect from him in year two uh and de- as a part of this combo is is he going to get more run this year or uh have we seen kind of the the ceiling of what he's he's going to get as far as volume can he make more of it well, as far as the ceiling, I mean, he's going into his second year, so it should be more. I mean, there was a great clip of Coach Tomlin here recently talking about expectations of second-year players and um, how that perhaps the tolerance being shortened, like on uh, the mental aspect of the game. So what I expect out of Jalen Warren is those improved aspects of the game that the coach is expecting of him. I expect him to probably make – you know, to me, he did a pretty good job last season in pass blocking and, and understanding, uh, you know, where the pressure is coming from. But I think in a, uh, a recent interview, he had spoken about wanting to know more about what the defense is doing. And and so that way he's better equipped um, to take on pass rush and, to, you know, when doing pass protect. So I think those aspects of his game are going to improve. Um, I've seen a lot of clips of him in, in, in OTAs and, and in mini camps so far, and the guy looks jacked. He looks like he's he coming does. in. He's absolutely. He, he looks like he was working out with Kenny Pickett or something, and both of these guys were on the same treatment uh, workout plan or something because these guys came in looking bulked up. Uh, I'm excited. I think he's going to be able to take off a load for Najee Harris, and you know we're not going to need to, or the Steelers aren't going to need to you know, utilize him in the manner that they did early on in his right. career 
and you know perhaps maybe even prolong his career. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very excited about Jalen Warren. I think he's going to be a guy that um, ends up again somewhere around you know, maybe five six hundred yards this season. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, on the ground, and so even more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he can provide kind of like he did last year a spark at times if things are tough sledding for Najee Harris his his style of running is just a change of pace and it it worked very well in uh cooperation with what Najee Harris brought to the table as you looked at the end of the year especially and saw them kind of gel together um here's a question from George uh says do they carry four tight ends so this kind of a little bit of a departure from the topic that we had been discussing, but still uh, a roster related question. And one that I think is very interesting because you've got four guys there now and Fryermuth and uh, Washington, Zach Gentry and, and Connor Hayward that um, they're going to be battling for her, for w- their roles. And uh, I especially see the, the Darnell Washington, Zach Gentry, um, I guess battle, if you will, there there's similar built players as far as the height and weight, they're bigger tight ends. I just think Darnell Washington is going to be able to do more for your team. Um, I would be uh, expecting more or less Zach Gentry to not be a part of this team. Once the final cutdowns are made, do you feel the same way, Daniel, or do you, do you see them carrying four tight ends and in, into the season? Well, it's not so much I see them take carrying four tight ends. I see them uh, making a move with one of their tight ends by not bringing back a Derek Watt as far as the fullback goes and Connor, you know, Connor um, Hayward. I think they're going to utilize him as a uh, that type of, you know, a Swiss Army knife type of player and that he's going to be moved around from tight end to maybe fullback, halfback, things of that nature, get the ball in his hands in creative ways. And so I think with that being said, I think that they do keep three traditional tight ends um, when it comes to these guys. So if you're looking at it from Connor Hayward being a specifically a tight end only, then yeah, it's going to be four tight ends, but I I think his his role is going to be more than just the tight end. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, We had, well, let's see where, where it is here. Um, Sherry Richard says, I think Hayward is, more of an H-back, so I would not be surprised kind of in response to that. Yeah, if you see him playing a different role than like a traditional tight end, which very well could be with his skill set, then then you've got a situation where, um, you know, keeping four tight ends is, is definitely not out of the question, especially when you consider the physicality of the position and, uh, you know, a guy in Darnell Washington who does have an injury history coming into this year, maybe they're, they're – more willing to keep that fourth player just to give themselves some extra depth there. You have to make uh, a cut somewhere else at another position though, uh, maybe offensive line or, or wide receiver on offense, if you're going to keep four tight ends uh, under that designation. So that becomes interesting as far as which players will return. Um, I had a qu- or a, a comment here about the running backs that I wanted to pull up. Oh, I didn't mean to pull that up, but let's talk about it here. Hello, Pittsburgh Steelers Nation, the greatest fans in the NFL and the greatest franchise in the NFL. We agree, Jeremiah Yoder. So thank you. For last that. year, last year, how many tight ends did they keep? It was three, wasn't it? It was the it was three plus Derek yeah, Watt. Plus Derek Watt at fullback, yeah. 
So if you if you utilize Connor Hayward or you you, you take out if you take out the Derek Watt aspect, then you're utilizing the same amount of players. So you're not really having to cut from another position. You're just not having a fullback on the team. Yeah, that's a good point. A very good point. Let me ask you this, Daniel. Are you a fantasy football player? Um, betting wise, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten into a league where I drafted a player and and or, or or a team, and then I had to stick to that team. I am very interested in it. I just haven't uh, sure been around to do so yet. Yeah, I think um, the Steelers are a very intriguing team this year for fantasy purposes, and I wanted to bring this up with the Connor Hayward discussion because I think if if you move him into an H back kind of role, then he's going to take away a lot of receiving work from the backs. You know, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and the way the Steelers are designed this year, uh, a lot of their players, wide receiver, uh, even tight end and pat and running back, they're going to kind of vulture each other's production a little bit because they're running a, a multi multiple player scheme. And so you've got, you've got three viable fantasy wide receivers in, uh, in uh, Pickens and then um, Deontay Johnson and Allen Robinson, potentially. And then you throw in Calvin Austin that muddies the group up a little bit. And then at tight end, you've got Pat Firemuth, who's now probably going to seed some red zone work to Darnell Washington. You'd think with his size and skill set down there, um, and then, you know, Jalen Warren and, and uh, Najee Harris taking some of each other's production as well. Uh, and then you throw Connor Hayward in the backfield. That's going to be tough to uh, kind of peg where these players will, will look at as far as fantasy purposes go. I play in probably 12, 13 leagues a year, Daniel. So I yeah. keep up with this stuff <laughs> a lot. And it's it's kind of a, a headache when it comes to the Steelers uh, right now. So. I was going to say, that's a lot of strategic moves there to think about when it comes to (laughs) who's going to score a bunch of points or not. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a a boomer bust weekly basis for most of these guys. Maybe the only guy who really benefits is Kenny Pickett because he's got all these weapons and guys a target. So that QB3 status in drafts maybe pays off a little bit quicker. Maybe it gets to a QB2 status for those of you in Superflex leagues. Uh, talk to me after the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see here. I, I wanted to bring up a player that I don't think is getting is getting talked about here. Um, and that's DeMarvin Leal. I think that, you know, you got a lot of the guys on the defensive line getting talked about. You've got Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, now Keanu Benton, the new rookie, the new face there uh, at on defensive line. And we don't really know how the Steelers are going to use Leal. They used them out at edge a lot last year, um, defensive tackle some. They've got him. Uh, he's one of only two players on the team that's listed by the Steelers as defensive end. So they kind of really – I that tells me they see him as kind of a, a flex player there that can jump out and stand up if he has to in certain packages, but can also play inside and in like that five tech, maybe a, a four-eye uh, tech as well. Um. But I think that, you know, with the natural progression from year one to year two and the athletic traits that we saw out of him uh, heading or in his rookie season, he's a guy we should be talking about more because I think if he really develops that he could take this defensive line from what projects to be a a pretty good group. If he develops and takes another step and a a leap, you you could consider this uh, maybe an elite group by the end of the season if he really takes a step forward. Um uh, any thoughts from you, Daniel, on that? So I, I really, 
I really like Leal. He's actually from where I'm from, San Antonio, Texas. So. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's local here. Um, the problem about Leal, in my opinion, is that he's one of those uh, versatile guys. He can move in a couple of different positions. And, you know, I, th- and I know it was somebody, I think it may have been Ramon Foster, it may have been somebody else that was on the offensive line, uh, once said that if, um, you know, you want to extend your career, learn, you know, learn a bunch of positions, if you want to, uh, you know, make a lot of money, play just one. And, yeah. you know, him being versatile and stuff like that, it's going to get him, you know, playing time and things of that nature. But he's never going to be, if he's got to be one of those jack of all trade kind of players that's moving back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy uh, that, you know, is going to be a, um, you know, an all pro type of player, but I think he's going to be a good starter. I think he's, yeah. he's athletic. He's a, he's got a strong motor. Um, you know, I think the Steelers got him at a steal. I think it was what the third round. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was the year before projected to go into the first round. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see where he's at. I think he's a lot better than louder milk. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, but I do see him as depth and a guy that can give, you know, a guy like Cam Hayward some some a breather here and there and and also yeah. push out to the outside if need be. Yeah. And, I, you know, I feel so much better now after the signing of Marcus Golden about the Steelers mm-hmm. depth on the edge, especially when you consider that Leal can move out there. Nick Herbig can play there and you've still got Quincy Roche kind of sitting in the back uh, kind of as as a player that you know, a lot of fans really liked a couple of years ago when he was part of the Steelers organization before they had to make the tough choice to cut him. And he went to be uh, fairly productive with the giants for a couple games and um, works his way back to Pittsburgh. That depth looks a lot better when you kind of uh, configure all that. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers play all of those uh, guys. We were talking about red zone work and uh, Mr. Jimmy Dean one says, Hey, He's letting us know he believes this. Hakeem Butler is going to be instrumental in the red zone too. Do you see this guy making the roster, Daniel, or and then having a role on, on the goal line? Or are there too many dogs for that bone, <laughs> as Mike Tomlin would like to say? I mean, I think I think he's going to be battling it out with, with, with a Miles Boykin for a position yeah. on this team. You know, um, it's going to depend on his ability on special teams because um, Boykin is a guy that can play. Uh, he's very good at special teams. He's good at getting down there. And he even came out, I think, in an interview earlier this year saying that he wants to show that he's more than just a special teamer. He wants to show that he is a receiver first and can catch right. the ball. And he's a big body receiver as well. Um, whoever wins that battle is going to make this team very good. Yes. Uh, but that receiving you know, room is pretty, pretty tight. Um, yeah. How many receivers do you think go into the season you know, on the 53? Yeah, that's. I mean, you let's let's start naming them: Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin the third. Um, you've got Miles Boykin. You've got Hakeem, but- Hakeem Butler there. You've got you don't have Anthony Anthony Miller anymore, who was no. a guy I really had thoughts that he would he would make the roster. Right now, you've got Gunnar Olszewski there too. I mean, that's that's it, guys. Are there? I don't think he makes the roster right now. I think no. Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin probably makes the roster over Hakeem Butler. I'd say the Steelers keep six wide receivers this year, but I could see if they if they feel like Connor Hayward can play H back and then move out into the slot a lot. I could see them going five wide receivers, uh, but you you'd have to 
you'd have to cut a guy like Miles Boykin, who provides you such impressive special teams work. And and that would be very hard to do. I think if you're Pittsburgh, I think they kind of have to keep six, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if they keep six, I think he's definitely on there. I think Gunner is good as gone as long as Calvin Austin can show that he can be dependable catching the ball on kickoffs and and, and punting. You know, I I think that that's the biggest aspect is um, first is securing the ball and then making plays. One of the biggest things when it came to Gunnar Olszewski last year was that he was supposed to be this all pro special teams player. And he cost us a game there against New England because of his inability to protect Paul. Right. Uh, So Calvin Austin, he's going to be given that opportunity, in my opinion. If he can do it, then I think that, you know, I think there is going to be six. And I do think that there's a good possibility possibility that Hakeem uh, Butler does make the team. But, man, you know, talk about being able to put some big people, you know, yeah. on the oh, field, man. especially in the red zone. A basketball team. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. A, a mismatch, um, ni- uh, a nightmare, uh, matchup, ni- mismatch nightmare for most teams. I mean, yeah. I can't wait. I mean, I'm excited for this season. I think this team uh, in general is under the radar, you know, uh, almost to the point of disrespect in some certain aspects as far as, you know, where uh, players are ranked or or team or this team is ranked. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of teams very much. So I agree with you, especially when you look at the schedule and the, the number of teams that they, I mean, if you just look at this guy right now, uh, it's very exciting to me. Uh, I, I see 11, 12 wins as a potential for this team, and and it doesn't take too much straining to see that when you consider what they did last year, the growth that's expected, and their schedule. And, you know, the AFC North kind of caught a break getting the AFC South, and uh, the NFC West is their as their divisional uh, or outside divisional opponents, and then the Steelers play a third-place AFC schedule. That's conducive to a rise up the rankings, if you ask me. So that is something uh, we'll be keeping an eye on. We're going to take a quick break for those on the audio side. If you're here with us live, stay put. Don't go anywhere. We're not going to go away for long. We'll be back on the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A in just a second. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're back on the Steelers Sunday night Q&A. It's Jeremy Betts. It's Daniel J. Mr. State of the Steelers himself. Um, Daniel, it's we, we've been talking about under the radar uh, players on the on the Steelers um, right before the break you mentioned that the Steelers themselves are flying under the radar I think that's a huge point to make and I think a lot of Steelers fans are probably feeling that same thing that are their team's not getting talked about the the sexy pick in the AFC North right now isn't the Steelers it's the Browns it's the the Cleveland Brownies I mean uh, that that just can't fly if you're if you're a Steelers fan and um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, the Steelers flying under the radar, though, is exactly where we want to be at this point. Um, that we don't need a bunch of people talking about as much as we want to hear it, as much as we right. want to turn on the national news, the NFL network and ESPN and hear them talking Pittsburgh Steelers football. I think the people who know, know. And I think that's the league. And we don't we don't need to to be worried about what the, the national media says. Um, TJ Watt to me is getting disrespected left and right uh, in edge rusher rankings because he was injured last year. And I get it. It's a, what have you done for me lately league? But you'd think 2021 was 13 years ago, Daniel, the way they're talking about TJ Watt. You know, I thought that, you know, for instance, PFF had him at four. Did you see where they had Alex Highsmith at? 32, right? Yeah. 32, (laughs) 14 and a half sacks, the quarterback hits that he had. Yeah, and they had him ranked at thirty-two. I was like, "All right, there's definitely some non-bias here or anti-biasness going against the Pittsburgh Steelers here." Yeah, uh, it, it's insane. You know, like I said, across the board, even you know, there was some rankings out there with, with quarterbacks that had these, you know, these quarterbacks that have never taken a snap ahead of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, like it's it's Anthony insane. Richardson is like above everybody, above Kenny Pickett in everybody's list, and he hasn't taken a snap and. Yeah, it it boggles the mind, and but we know, Daniel, we know, and we're gonna we're gonna see it unfold on these guys here here in uh, a few, well, several weeks from now, unfortunately. But uh, season's coming; it's marching on. Let's get to some questions here. Sherry Richards says, "Would you keep Tanner Muse or Miles Kilbrew?" Fantastic question, Daniel. Why don't you open us up on this one? Oh man, that's a difficult one. You know, I, I'm excited about the potential. That's that's the key thing. There is the potential for Tanner Muse and what he can bring in. But with Miles Killebrew, you know what you have in him and, and his ability and what he's been able to put on the field in special teams. He's had a couple of blocks in his career for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, if I had to make a choice, I'd probably lean towards Killebrew. What about yourself? Yeah, I'd, uh, probably because of the experience in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and and I, if if anybody's a special teams ace, it, it's him. Tanner Muse yeah. has played has played good, uh, has played well there as well, but. Um, and I know the Steelers liked him coming out of, I believe it's Clemson, right? He played for the mm-hmm. Clemson Tigers. I think um, so. I, he, I think he was a national champion too, if I remember correctly, uh, with one of Trevor Lawrence's teams. But um, yeah, I think that pedigree will will give the Steelers something. And 
you know, as far as inside linebacker safety combo goes, uh, they need all the help they can get, um, uh, especially inside linebacker, which I, I could see Tanner Muse kind of filling more of a, a coverage linebacker role um, because of, you know, he's not a, he's not a big dude. He's not going to be um, busting up the plays in the backfield a lot as a run stuffer, but um, you know, you've got a guy in Killebrew who can kind of do that role already. Plus, you know what you're getting on teams and, you know, with, with, with the AFC being as tight as it's going to be, Daniel, any edge you can get is going to be fantastic for you. It's going to help your, your chances of, of getting into the dance and, Special teams is going to be huge for that, in my opinion. With the defense the way they're already stacked or plays, do you see uh, Tanner Muse getting a lot of playing time on defense? You know, outside of injury. I don't. I. I mean, he he would have to be like a very very specifically defined role player, <laughs> you know. And yeah. I think you've got you've got Keanu Neal. You, you know, you've got um, guys that can kind of fill that role. Um, already Mm -hmm. and so I think you know it's what all can you do for me is going to be the question the Steelers ask at Mm -hmm. some of these positions and you know Miles Killebrew um, if he he can do it better than Tanner Muse is going to find himself on his way out probably and uh, that's unfortunate for him and for his fans Uh, Mm -hmm. and we'd like to we just want to see the better player make the team I'm sure that's the for players like that that's kind of what we're we're hoping for but yeah I, I wouldn't especially or i wouldn't think he'd get an especially lot of playing time <laughs> what about what you know st- sticking with the safety group what do you think about trey norwood and his chances of making the team this year i think that he's a he's a valuable piece um as a backup and i i've been higher on him than most probably mm-hmm. but um trey norwood mike tomlin swiss army knife you know um from day one, he's kind of been the apple of the coaching eye, if you will. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say that he makes this team um, because you've got you've got an an older guy in Keanu Neal. Um, you you want to have some experience back there, somebody who knows the calls, somebody who knows the communication. If Megan Fitzpatrick goes down for any length of time, I think he's he's a valuable player for special teams as well. Uh, so I definitely think he makes the roster. Yeah, he had a. I think he had a pick six on Pickett during uh, OTAs or minicamp not too long ago. Yeah, he he did. Uh, he he makes plays. I I I I think he's he's been overlooked and overshadowed because Minka Fitzpatrick is just so good. And when he steps in there, you just you can see the difference. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's only one Minka Fitzpatrick in in the league, <laughs> you know. So your your backups are are definitely going to be. Um. Are, are going to be you're going to see the difference there so uh let's get uh, an observation here from from russ i think nick herbig is going to surprise us all and uh that's that's an intriguing thought um he was higher on a lot of national draft experts boards than than he was on mine but i didn't really know that much about him to be honest and i think that you know there people just say that his motor never stops and I mean, the, the comparisons to TJ Watt are a little out of league, <laughs> I think. But uh, I mean, as far as the motor goes, you can, you can see it. They have a similar uh, get off and, and go. And, you know, TJ Watt was on the footballing with Ben Roethlisberger podcast 
most recently, and he said it's all about get off at the NFL level. So if Nick Herbig can translate that and get ahead of the game, I think he could be he could surprise us all and he could fill in. Um, but what what I see is like that versatility for him kind of playing in. Um, do you see by the end of the year, Daniel, give us your prediction here. Does he see more snaps at inside linebacker, off ball linebacker, or does he see more as a rotational pass rusher? You know, before training camp and OTA started, I would have told you probably see more snaps at inside linebacker. However, it seems like all indications are that they really want to see if he's going to work out on the edge. Yeah, uh, I think he's a little bit on the smaller side to be an edge guy. Um, I know a couple of people say, no, he's only like a couple inches shorter than TJ Watt. It, it don't really look, it looks a lot shorter than, it's yeah. a lot smaller than that. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what, 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 uh, what scale they're using or what, but it don't look yeah. right to me. Um, you know, that <laughs> right. doesn't look that close. Uh, but I think he's going to end up having more snaps on the outside, but <clears throat> the Steelers in, in the last couple of years have utilized their outside linebackers in the middle and um, have had uh, instances where they've had three outside linebackers on the field at the same time. And one of them, you know, being in the middle, uh, sometimes they'll have two on one side. I, I really seen that perhaps he'll have that type of role, maybe not so much being the, uh, the outside outside guy, but being that third outside linebacker that comes in for pressure related incidences or situations. And um, I think that might be the role that he carves out early. Uh, you know, one thing that he's going to be able to do, and he's very young, is, is he's going to be able to get stronger and bigger per se. He may not be able to get taller or longer, but he will be able to put on more mass. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think he's going to be a project for the long term. But I do right. see him having some specific role on this team. I do want to also say thank you, Aquatic Life, for your, for your comment earlier. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Sherry Richards makes a, a good observation here, too. I don't know how you get Herbig in the weight room learning from TJ Watt, you know, he's going to get, he's going to get it in the weight room with TJ and learn that work ethic. And he's, he's going to get better. Um, you know, that's one of the things that you've got to love about the Steelers team is that the guys in leadership roles are, are superstars, especially on defense, you know, and they, they've been there, done that at a level that most players will never attain. And so when you, when you get to walk into a building and see that and see what that looks like, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's no wonder that the Steelers have a tradition on that side of the football of just being able to reload and, and have stars there, studs there almost all the time. And so I would say that that's a huge uh, point to make. It's time to see if that can start to develop on the offensive side of the football uh, as well. So um, let's kind of transition to the offense here. Uh, Daniel, you, you and I both mentioned a defensive player that's kind of flying under the radar to open up the show. Uh, do you got anybody on offense that needs more pop heading into the training camp season? You know, I'm excited about Allen Robinson. You know, he's a guy that has had some injury issues, but when he's been good and he's been in the right system, he's been, uh, he's been proven. I think he's a guy that can be your Jericho Cotri, yeah. uh, you know, wide receiver for, for Kenny Pickett. Like you know, dependable, your security blanket, the guy that, you know, can get the eight yards when you need seven, um, you know, the fighter. And I really like what he's going to be able to bring to this team. And like I said, he's going to bring that other dynamic. When you have a guy like Deontay Johnson that can just get wide open, um, you know, on every single play because of his route running, and you have a guy like um, 
George Pickens, who's going to be able to take it over the top or you know, has that contested catch ability. Those two guys are going to you know, demand a certain amount of attention, and that's going to leave some favorable matchups for Allen. And, and so I'm looking forward to what he's going to be able to do in those situations. Um, Calvin Austin is another guy I think that could be a guy that, you know, can take advantage of those things. It's just we haven't seen it yet. So, um, but Allen Robinson is definitely a guy that I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the the trade was a lot of Steelers fans kind of just were like, uh, okay, uh, I don't I don't see him being doing much after his down couple years now. But when you look at it from a couple different angles, first of all, the the leadership angle, the uh, the been there, done that angle, uh, you know, that's going to be fantastic for that room, which has a lot of young guys. I know Deontay Johnson has been there a while, um, but I've mentioned before, I, I don't think Deontay Johnson has the best way with words, especially in his interviews. Sometimes you get the feeling that he doesn't care as much, but I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I just don't know if he's the vocal experienced leader that this, that that room needs. Um, so Allen Robinson coming in, that could be huge. And what do older receivers typically keep with them longer than uh, maybe the, the speed element or the breakaway element? It's that ability in scoring situations. It's that ability on third down. Like you mentioned with Jericho Cotri, just the, the ability to kind of be there in the right spot for your quarterback when he needs it most. I think Allen Robinson could have a huge role in the Juju Smith-Schuster type uh, design that, that – we saw in the late Roethlisberger years where uh, Juju just kind of found the the goal line or the um, the first down marker and just kind of sat there and found the open zone. And if the play wasn't there somewhere else, then that's where that's where Roethlisberger would go. So you've got guys who can do a little bit of everything on this offense. That's what I'm excited for. We had some some uh, listeners mention Alfonso Graham at the beginning of the show as maybe a player flying under the radar. And that's to be expected, I think, a little bit for an undrafted free agent signing, you know, that um, we haven't seen a lot of. But I don't know, Daniel, if you've if you've dug into some of his tape at all, if you've seen how he plays, but he looks pretty exciting as a player. He's got a kind of a, a different gear to him than the other players on this in the Steelers running back room. Do you think he has a chance to make this roster and be somebody that uh, gives the Steelers uh, kind of some dynamism that they haven't had for a while? I think there's a possibility. I think he's going to be in a battle with, you know, Anthony McFarland for a spot, Absolutely. whether it's on the 53 or the practice squad. I think they're going to want a guy that has that, um, you know, next step, that ability to move, you know, into that next gear and, and have that uh, home run ability. You know, unfortunately with McFarland, he didn't, he had a down year his rookie year, then he had an injury. And then last year, in my opinion, you know, preseason wise, uh, I thought he actually had probably the best preseason he's had. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought he played well as Jalen Warren just outperformed him. Um, in this situation here, the only downside to these guys is the special teams aspect. You know, are these guys tacklers? Are these guys going to be guys that are going to be able to get down there on punts and kickoff coverage? And I'm not sure. I, I, I've never seen um, Anthony McFarlane on special teams outside of, you know, mm-hmm. catching some punts on practice. Right. You, you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, I, I did see a, a picture. Of Alfonso getting lit up by Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, he took a hit. He took a lick. Kept on taking. So maybe he's got some toughness there. But yeah, you know, he's got that that that, that extra gear. 
Um, I think he's going to be battling it out with with Ant Mac, and uh, we'll see. May the best man win. May the fastest person win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's a, here's a fun question here from from Vinny Aguakun. I'm, I hope I said that right, Vinny. Thank you for your question, man. Um, do you guys think Kenny will be voted as a team captain this year since they voted Mitch last year? That's that's a good question. I think it's going to happen because I just think that he's he's got that swag and he and the the offense offensive players knows he's ready to jump into that leadership role. I say the Steelers give it to him. What do you think? Oh, 100%. I mean, Kenny Pickett's yeah. already bringing in, you know, these players um, earlier, you know, in the offseason to build chemistry before the draft. You know, he had the team out there, uh, out there in Florida doing those things that you expect the starters to do, uh, the stars and the captains of the team. He's got a office, I believe, that he shares in the, yeah. um, you know, in the, uh, you know, at headquarters. So uh, I, I think that, yeah, definitely he's going to be there and, you know, he signed the biggest contract of his life yesterday. I'm not sure if you were aware. He uh, got married. Yes. So congratulations to, to Kenny Pickett and Miss, Miss Ken- Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I was down in Jacksonville um, for their preseason game this last year. Uh, we were actually down for vacation uh, at uh, Palm Beach, I think, it, I think it was called. And um, there it was like an hour drive from – from Jacksonville. And I was like, wait a minute, Steelers playing in Jacksonville preseason. I got to go see Kenny Pickett uh, playing in some preseason action and went down that way. And I actually saw his fiance uh, there in the stadium. Didn't get a chance to say anything, but I recognized her off of Kenny's social media and everything. So I've actually seen both Kenny and Mrs. Kenny now. And that is, uh, that's <laughs> fun. Congratulations to Kenny Pickett and, uh, and his new wife. I'm sure they're enjoying themselves right now somewhere sunny hopefully yeah yeah i did i did yeah. she's uh be seven weeks on thursday she's grown that's fast awesome already. man yeah yeah i saw the couple comments about that and i was it reminded me um i've got a two and a half year old and she oh, nice. she is uh every bit the uh the light of our life and the um the demon of our life if you will, as well. <laughs> i don't know what else to call her she's just she's just amazing and i'm sure uh i'm sure you'll enjoy every moment uh with the little one so uh life change is happening all around us here in, in steeler nation uh both players and and fans that's that's a lot of fun so uh mm-hmm. let let me pull something up here um was a a, a good comment that i thought uh, I can honestly say that in years past under Colbert, we had so many holes in the roster that it would take multiple off seasons to fix them all. It looks like Khan solved every single issue in one. I still have some questions at inside linebacker, for instance. Um, but it's hard to kind of pick that, um, that statement apart too much. What do you think, Daniel? Well, it made it easier to do so when the biggest piece was solved last year under Colbert Correct. with getting Kenny Pickett. Right. So yes, you can't, you, Kevin, for that. <laughs> you know, you can't, uh, you know, look at everything that Omar Khan has been able to do without looking at what Colbert was able to uh, give him and allowed him to do with the moves that he made and, and, and the right ones. I mean, the last couple of years, although there have been a couple of question marks, you know, going with, you know, Pat Fryermuth over uh, Humphreys, for instance, the center in the draft, things of that nature. Uh, you know, I think that the Steelers have, put themselves in position and got some pretty high end picks. Um, For instance, you got the first overall running back. 
and Najee Harris uh, out of his draft. You had the first overall quarterback and can't yeah. pick it out of his draft. So you you got the top end of what you wanted to and in a couple of positions there. And that allowed it, you know, Omar Khan to to do what he was able to do. And also, you know, there was moments in the last few years where um, Kevin Colbert could have restructured some guys or done some things and gone out there and got some other players. But I think that the Steelers were aware of where they were and yeah. and the likeliness of, you know, getting another Lombardi. And instead of, you know, um, maybe pawning off the future for, you know, a hope or a prayer for something that yeah. was unlikely, uh, they decided not to. So they really gave Khan a lot of opportunity to put a team together. I love what he's done so far. I like yeah. his aggression. I like what he's been able to do. And here recently he ended up um, Keanu Benton signing Benton. And yeah. he has something that, you know, financially has not happened in a 49th pick, which is guaranteed money in the third year. Right. I don't think that's something that happens under Kevin Colbert. You, know, sure. you never heard of those type of things, especially for somebody who's not been proven yet. And so, uh, I like this aggression. You know, we'll see if it pays off. There's, you know, high risk, high reward. Yeah. You know, things of that nature. But you know, right. so far, I like what Khan is doing. Um, I like yeah. his approach. Yeah, I do too. And I think you, you, you mentioned high risk, high reward. And, you know, some of some of the big moves he's made have come, you know, with fairly low risk, which has been awesome too. You think the Allen Robinson trade, that was, you know, I mean, what did they give up for, for Allen Robinson? And I know they you don't know what you're getting in him necessarily other than veteran player who's who's played in the league for a while and put up good stats several years ago. But, uh, you know, it's just not – he's just not – you're not looking at the Steelers' moves and saying, oh, man, Omar Khan's getting fleeced by these guys. If anything, it's the other way around. So you've got to gotta give him props for that. And I, I do think now that he's calling the shots – um, you know, as far as personnel and contractually, then you're going to see a, a, a little bit different business structure from the Steelers moving forward, especially for guys that they specifically uh, value. Um, Daniel, before we close out here, I wanted to kind of take us back um, to our conversation a little bit ago about the Steelers kind of being under the radar and where we see this team going because you know there's been a lot of talk that it's it's still a rebuilding year you're trying to get to where you want to be maybe for 2024 are, are we underselling what the Steelers can do this year are we overselling what the Steelers can do this year uh what do you think um are, can they can they win a big game like can they win a playoff game can they go to the AFC championship do you think this roster is in a place where they can compete with the upper echelon of the AFC in 2023, or are we still a year or two away from that? Yeah, I think what the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to accomplish last season was a huge um, indication as to um, the idea of what the Pittsburgh Steelers would be able to do this year. And I think that was, you know, them going the second half of the season, going seven and two down the line. Yeah. I think that gave the uh, confidence, like I mentioned before, Kevin Colbert in the last few years, you know, he had the opportunity to massage the cap and do things to perhaps get players in or whatever the case may have been. And he didn't. And I think that was because they didn't see the opportunity there of a window there to get a, get right. a trophy. Well, if you, if the Steelers are so aggressive this year, maybe it's because they do see that window open. And so I think that they're putting all their, you know, they're, they're trying to make a move and that's the direction that they're wanting to go in. You know, you look at what Kenny Pickett was able to do last season. 
he he was well let's look back at Miami he was in a position to win the game at the end of the game in two two different times and in both situations through interceptions at the end of the season he was in those in that same situation twice once against the Raiders and once against the Ravens and in both scenarios ended up putting the ball in the end zone and so he was able to overcome and to progress and develop and I think this year with a full off season with him being the starting guy, Matt Canada and him can work together the entire time to kind of figure out an offense that works for them. I really think that this team can, can be a more than just a team that can make a wild card push. I think this team right. can actually win the division and actually make a push, you know, for a title. Uh, there's going to be some things that are going to be dependent on if, the, you know, that was where to happen. We have to first see, you know, Matt Canada, is he going to be able to put, you know, yeah. We got the players. Is he able to put the scheme on the, on the field to make it work? You know, that's going to be a huge question mark and one that I think everybody's going to be looking at. But with all that put aside, I, I strongly suspect that this team can definitely win at least double digit games and at least put a victory in, you know, in the playoffs. And I think that would be a very successful season for this team. Absolutely. I, I like to do my um, preseason predictions uh, for everything just to kind of see you know, just as, as a, as an evaluator of the, of the league. And I, you know, I talk on podcasts and I'm a fan more or less of, of everything, but um, you know, not trying to call myself an expert, but I like to see, you know, can I be objective and in, in how I uh, project things, how I predict things. Can I look at the list of NFL quarterbacks and, and project where Kenny Pickett's going to kind of fall heading into, or by the end of next year, can I look at the teams and and see who's going to make the playoffs and who's going to make a push and, and be objective and be, you know, am I getting these correct? It just it just feels like that the Steelers have a shot here to to shock everybody, um, even maybe us. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So, and I'm hopeful for that. A lot of it depends on your your quarterback and how big of a leap he can take. Um, you know, can he be a reason? We've seen it that he can be a reason that the Steelers win close games. Um, you know, but it is, can he take over games? Is that, that's going to be the question when things get tough, when the, the scheme's not enough to win. And I think a lot of times it will be, especially against some of the lesser teams in the NFL the Steelers run heavy approach should be enough to win games and rely on the quarterback to not make mistakes and put you in position in that defense to just shut people down. That's going to get you far enough that that raises your floor pretty high where the ceiling creeps up and gets really high is if Kenny Pickett, when it's when your team is down 27 to 14 in the third quarter and it's a division rival or it's a, a playoff team, can can you put the game on your shoulders and say, okay, we can't we can't just pound the ball like we've been doing all game. It's not working. I, I've got to win this game for us. We saw that out of Roethlisberger for years and years. Can Kenny Pickett be that player? That's going to be what separates this team from high floor to high floor, high ceiling. And that's going to be really interesting to find out. Daniel, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah. You know, there's the other, the other side or the other um, part of that equation, which is uh, the other teams in the division, you know, the Bengals, yeah. they have a first, you know, first team or first seeded record or, or schedule. I'm sorry. Uh, they also have, they lost a lot of players on defense. And yeah. so, you know, they're going to, we'll see how they do this year. You know, the Ravens, the Steelers have Lamar, Jackson's number uh he doesn't scare the Pittsburgh Steelers whatsoever and and I don't really think that their additions in the receiving group are anything to be um 
you know, worrisome, you know, if this was like four years ago and, you know, maybe OBJ could scare somebody then, but, right. you know, now not so much. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the ball uh, with, with the Browns, you know, last season, the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Browns in the last game of the season, you know, Sean Watson had six games under his belt at that point. Um, he was, he, he looked pedestrian against the Pittsburgh Steelers and he looked very similar to the times that I've seen him play in Houston, you know, against the Steelers. Didn't look much different. So when I look at this division, I really truly think that the Steelers have the ability to compete for numerous reasons and not just because of their skill. And um, I'm excited about this year. I think everybody should be. I love it. I I totally 100% agree with you. Thanks for joining me today on the Steel. uh, I always want to say Steelers Fix because that's my show, but uh, it's the Steelers Q&A. Daniel, we'll have to do this again sometime. It's been a lot of fun. Um, thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining in on the live chat, um, letting your voices be heard. This show doesn't work without you. And so we appreciate you. If you're listening to this on audio, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to stay tuned to the steel curtain network for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers news and notes as we march our way towards Latrobe and 2023 training camp. Daniel, have a good night. Everybody in the live chat, have a great night. It's been real. We'll see you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.